0: 40 year old boy podcast. Oh, look at me coming in quiet. I don't even know if you can hear me above the theme music. The, the, the fucking theme music is rollicking and rolling and I'm coming in underneath it. I'm like a, I'm like a click track. You know what I am? I'm a click track for the theme song this week. You can't even hear me. Although it may have faded by now. Look, I'm not keeping track of the time. All I know is I'm in super close to your ears and you got to lean in, lean in to hear me. Oh, you know what we're going to do? Let's do this whole show. A.M.S.R. style. What do you say? A.M.S.R. or you know what? I say we go A.S.M.R. because I can never remember. <laughs> what now that's supposed to be A M S i don't know let you know let's go let's go s m a r smar we're gonna do a smar show it's about time right the two of us together you there, listening me here talking getting some smar done let's go a r m s let's go arms i'm gonna spread my big podcasting arms get you in here and squeeze you to my podcasting bosom oh that's what i want to do i want to squeeze all of you to my podcasting bosom is this this it's supposed to be a whisper, isn't it? I don't, I don't know. I don't know much about ASMR, but I, I don't know if it's it's supposed to be soothing. I think. So I don't know if me taking big gulps of breath in the middle of this is going to help anybody. But also, isn't it supposed to be whispering? Is there any traction in me whispering a podcast? I don't know if there is. Are you interested in something like that? Hey, what's happening, Mike Schmidt? Forty-year-old boy podcast. We're AMSRing the shit out of this goddamn thing. Let's uh actually let's Mars this thing M A R S I just thought of that, uh and I got I perked up I didn't mean to go out I went right from a whisper to a perk up because I thought of M A R S and I thought of us all up on the red planet right now just going out because Mars needs women and what's that uh pump up the volume isn't that by Mars M A R S I believe it is let's pump up the volume. you know what let's pump up the volume instead of ASMR instead of the whispering let's pump up the goddamn volume what do you say uh yeah let's Mars this thing let's S M let's S A M R let's Sammer. Let's or let's sma. All right, let's smar. Let's smar this fucking show. All right, who's with me? Let's smar. Uh, is it? Have you caught on yet that I have nothing to talk about? Is that anything that you've got? Uh, in your brain as as I ride into your brain like a like a caveman on a ram ram r-a-m-s let's do that <laughs> let's all right let's r-a-m-s this goddamn thing and I'll just climb on a big horn sheep and we'll rampage through your fucking auditory canal what about that we'll both just bang our fucking horns directly in your tympanal membrane tympany membrane tympany tympanel tympanel I don't fucking know what the fuck do I know about ears except for the fact that I live in yours and I'm banging around in here and you can hear me and it's echoing in your goddamn brain and you love it and you'll never get rid of it. That sound of my voice is just rampaging through your fucking head. And even if I'm gone, when you don't listen to the show, it's just echoing in there like tinnitus. I'm in your head like a mouse with a gong. (laughs) I like that. Actually, I like the visual of that. I like being a mouse with a gong. That's what my podcast is. This podcast is just, it's in your head like a mouse with a gong. Now, when I think of a mouse of the gong, I think of a cartoon mouse. But if you really think about the fact that you had a mouse, because mice are not mice are not small, they're big. They're like fucking. So if you have that in your ear in your head, uh, I'm thinking of a tiny ass cartoon mouse uh, with a gong. All right, I don't know. Again, have you caught on to the fact that I have nothing to talk about, and and I don't want to address the fact that we're we're late. We're certainly late. But I will tell you this: it's a it's uh if you wanna if you wanna be a smart ass like me, you can go. Hey, guess what? It's Thursday. The show's out on Thursday. Isn't that grand? Don't you love that? Aren't you excited for the fact that the goddamn show has come out on a Thursday? Yes, I think you should. We're rebooting. This is the reboot, everybody. As I as I reboot every goddamn week from now on, everything gets rebooted. We're like, all right, we're back on track. And then some fucking Saturday comes. Everybody's like, whatever. happened to Mike? Is he dead? And everybody's like, I don't know if he's dead or not. Who knows? And then I have to go to social media and go, I'm not dead. Let me tell you something. That is absolutely the best advertising you can have for any show or any broadcast out there. I'm not dead. You want to go ahead and reassure your core audience that after 13 years, you are not dead. That's all that everybody cares about. They're like, you know, as long as Mike is not dead, I think everything's going to be fine. And uh, yeah, you would think, right? Wouldn't you think that? I I just... Uh I wish I could take one of those church keys and crack open my goddamn skull and pull up my brain and fucking wash it, and just and just and just look over it, look over it for the bad parts and just pluck them the fuck out. I don't know how to explain it to you. And I, well, fuck, we all know we're all living in pandemic life. And for some reason, last week it fucking uh it kneecapped me in a way. Well, I, there's not even some reason. I can tell you reasons. I can tell you exactly what the fuck happened in my brain. Um but the, but is there any point? I don't know if there is because then then what? You're hearing me just be like boohooing. Nobody wants to fucking hear that. You just want to, You know what you want to hear? You want to hear my review of Coming to America, don't you? Is that what you want? Isn't that what you'd rather do? You want to hear my opinion on Harry uh, Harry and Mer- and Megan? And the Royals interview, oh God, I was gripped. I'll tell you what, I sat there, I, I, here's how I handled my business. I went ahead, our friend Ruben, a listener of the show, he sent me a gift a while ago. He sent me a big fucking box of spotted dick. And I know you're thinking, "Well, what the fuck is that? It's a pudding. It's like a pudding in a box, man. A pud, as they call it in England. Um, and I, I, luckily, I had some spotted dick on hand. I put on my Bobby costume because, you know, that I have a Bobby costume here. Everybody. And don't you all don't we all don't we all harbor that secret fucking uh, want inside of us to go be a Bobby to wear that giant fucking black Q-tip hat and guard the dead fucking dukes or whoever the fuck they're guarding there. Are they at the tomb of the unknown fuckhead? What do they got in Britain? I don't even fucking know. The Bobbies are walking around they're in front of Buckingham Palace. So I guess they guard the queen ex- exclusively, but there's got to be ghosts and dead people in there, too. Right. And then just and just the the plaintive wails of, of former slaves who were murdered in the hallways because they looked at the wrong count, right? That's the fucking Buckingham palace. Cause that's the shit I don't understand. And look, I'm not like what you like. Okay. I don't give a fuck. Like whatever you like, go ahead. And, and that's fine. But I, I still can't escape Harry and Megan and Oprah and the interview and the bullshit and the, uh, and, and I know people are fascinated because of the crown and their fat because they all love because it was the, here was the thing like everybody was kind of looked at the royal family as like hey it's interesting to have 18 people sharing 12 teeth that's fucking bananas right and and that was for a long time that's what everybody thought and everybody's like oh look at these people they're royal and then they got uh you know they got a giant house and they literally own all the, they're but like because there's look there's america and then there's europe and then there's uh uh you know asia and then literally you've got it's the Buckingham Palace and the Vatican. That's that's the two. That's their they're, they're, they're countries on their own, because no matter what, they've got they've got all the artwork. They've got all the money they've got. They for because for years, for centuries, we don't even know about it in America. America's been around for fucking what, 250 years. So we don't know a fucking thing. We're all stupid. We're just like uh, fighting over reality TV and real housewives and shit like that over in England. They, they, they just got fucking, you know, they, they have they have paintings older than our country. They they have fucking cinder blocks and walls older than our country. They've got chain mail older than this fucking country. So they still look at us like their little fucking brother, even though we whip their fucking ass and split. Right. But that's like the Vatican. The Vatican is they still have. I mean, they still get this. The Vatican still has. The first macaroni Christmas ornament Jesus ever made. They have that. It's under glass. You can check it out. I don't know if they let anybody see it anymore because someone tried to steal it. You know who tried to steal it? Lenny Schultz, famous old comedian, who uh, they say because he got here's the thing, he got into the Vatican for a tour because he had some connections of some sort. Uh, I think Bobby Van made a phone call for him and then Lenny Schultz got in there and he saw that he saw literally the first Christmas ornament with macaroni on it that Jesus had ever made. And Lenny showed someone, he, it would have been fine. He would have looked at it and said, oh, my God, that's amazing. Uh, unfortunately, there were some bystanders there. They recognized him for Make Me Laugh, and they yelled, go crazy Lenny. And uh, he did that fucking weird chicken dance thing, and he tried to steal the ornament, and he was tased by the fucking Vatican guards, tased by guys in dresses. You don't want to have that ever on your resume. Oh, man, I got tased by dudes in dresses. They fucking laid me the fuck out. Because they're going to have some kind of crazy fucking uniform there for the Vatican, right? They're just fucking... Uh Unless it was, the, you know, because they're not like the Nazis. The Nazis had fashion sense. Well, I guess the Italians did, too. Mussolini wore a, a crisp suit, didn't he? Didn't say it was enough for him to cross his arms and make that El Duce face. So I guess it was uh, it was had enough uh, had enough length in the armpit for him to go ahead and cross the arms and make that dumb fucking mug. Uh But everybody's excited about this fucking Royals interview and good for them. And that's fine. And again, like I said, I don't not for me. Don't care. But uh but can't escape it. Certainly social media and everything else is going on and on and they're showing it. And it's because this country has this never ending fascination with the royals and the crown. And the TV show for one, hold on, there's an incoming incoming choppers. Wounded. I don't know if you could hear that. Um if not me screaming wounded probably didn't help. <laughs> like I, we don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. It was just a fucking helicopter that went by. Leave me alone. Uh it's weird here in Southern California. There was there was an earthquake last night. It's raining. Um everything seems like it's it's on the precipice of something happening you know like i said again with the with the pandemic and the fucking weird earthquake last night and the fucking rain and just it just doesn't seem real i'm in a fog so people like fucking harry and and uh megan can you see I'm, I'm trying to avoid boring you with how fucking what's going on in my brain um and and i and people loved it and that's fine i don't know why because i guess she's they're mad at the queen and they said somebody there was a racist and they asked about her her baby and then she worked at a yogurt shop. And, um, and I know what you're thinking, you're like, for somebody who didn't watch the fucking thing, you sure know a lot about it. Yeah, I do. Uh, because people wouldn't stop talking about it. Social media went crazy over it because, again, this country sits in front of its TV anytime the royals do something. Because, again, they, we thought of them just as fucking, uh, uh, you know, inbred cousins of each other who get married for a long time. But then they have a wedding, and everybody goes, "Oh, I love the royals," and uh, and Princess Di, I did well because well, I, I want to say that Princess Di was the one who changed it all. But maybe before that, people cared. Was there like a? Isn't there a Princess Anne? Did she marry somebody, and everybody lose their minds? I don't know. I I. I, I I just don't pay attention to it. And I don't mean to be like, oh, boo! I'm not better than it. It's not like I'm better than it. Because I'll tell you what, you know what I did Sunday? Here's what I did Sunday. Everybody else is watching the fucking uh, uh, royals get interviewed and shit like that. And it's like, oh, ha, ha, ha what the fuck? How quaint? Really? You wanted to hear about them talk about bullshit? Meanwhile, I'm literally waiting for an exploding barbed wire death match to air. And, uh, and I couldn't possibly think of two more incongruent fucking events. Uh, going against one another, either, either you tune in. And, and uh, there are some who would say, well, you know, the Royals are also having a barbed wire death match. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, but not enough exploding for my fucking taste. You want to blow shit up, blow up fucking Megan and Harry and the Queen. And how is the Queen alive? That's another thing about this fucking family. You know, I Megan and Harry, at least, they're they're vital people, correct? They're young. They're vibrant. Uh, they're crazy fucking rich. It's ridiculous. And I, and I love how people are like, oh, well, they're going to be giving up the trappings of the palace. It's like, what are the, what are the trappings of the palace? Was somebody, you know, I, all I can think of is the beginning of coming to America, but the Royal penis is clean, sir. Is it, is Harry not getting bathed anymore? He just has to take care of himself. I don't fucking know. Um, they're still rich. Nothing wrong with being rich. If you were rich, it'd be great. Wouldn't it be cool to be rich? Uh, cause rich people get to do whatever the fuck they want all the time, constantly, and nobody questions it. Well, I mean, they question it. People question it. And then it is the rich people laugh and throw a handful of 20s in the air and run off in a puff of smoke. And then the fucking great unwashed are rolling around on the ground trying to steal 40 bucks. It's a fucking mess in this country. It's a mess in the world. Uh, it's is it is it just going to be like a war of the rich and the poor? Is that what it's going to be where the rich are going to and are the rich going to have people that they can hire to work for them? Like, like I, you know, I've talked about this before. There's this story I read where the rich people have they have helicopter drivers on call. So when the shit really hits the fucking fan, they can climb in their goddamn helicopter and go to an island that they bought like Peter Thiel and all these fucking billionaire dudes. They have they have these staffs that are that are on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if it looks like it's really collapsing, if it's going to hit the fucking fan, they'll call this helicopter dude and helicopter dude is to take them to you know, fucking Australia or Bora Bora, wherever they bought the fucking island. And then, then then that's that. And in my brain, I'm like, all right, so when that happens, okay, because America's falling apart, there's race riots and all sorts of bullshit, water wars, whatever the fuck you want to say. And this guy's like, ah, you know what? I have a controlled ecosystem in Bora Bora. And he makes, picks up the phone and he goes, hey, Gary fire up the chopper we're splitting we're leaving this fucking town and gary's like i got a wife and kids and he's like well there's no room on the ship for them you're gonna just take me to bora bora and that's that and uh when they're in the air like is is gary supposed to just return to america where there's chaos or is he supposed to live in bora bora with fucking peter thiel uh and and if so is gary just abandoning his family for what the the chance to be a servant to peter thiel what the, this this shit doesn't seem well thought out all these rich people have hired these servants who are supposed to fucking help them out when the shit hits the fan, but then once everything hits the fan, are they just gonna put a bullet in the poor people's heads? Or are they gonna they expect them to work for them without family? I don't know. As is unless unless I'm underestimating the rich and Gary can bring his whole family over to Bora Bora and then it's just this But can you imagine if you're Peter Thiel, like now you're just sentencing yourself to a lifetime of hanging out with the help? You know, if you're Peter Thiel, you're a rich dude, you're normally like with rich people talking about eating those fucking crunchy birds with the fucking bag over your head. And everybody's like, yeah, isn't that delightful? Hey, one time I got to hunt some men for sport. It was great. We went to New Zealand and I know a guy, wink, wink, and uh, and they released some aborigines into the fucking underbrush and we hunted them down. It was fucking fantastic. Those are the conversations the rich people have. And then Gary moseys up and he's like, hey, man, did you guys watch the Pistons? And they're like, what are the Pistons? And he's just like, don't you it's basketball. I'm a Detroit Pistons fan and they're like, "Gary, we're talking about important things here." You know, it's Elon Musk with his algebra kid and fucking Grimes and Peter Thiel and they're talking rich people nonsense. They're talking about building <laughs> building Starbucks on Jupiter and Gary's just like, "Uh, oh, do you didn't see the fucking game that fucking that Isaiah Thomas had last night? Is there an Isaiah Thomas on the Pistons anymore? I don't know if there is. Reggie Jackson, is he on the Pistons? The Pistons only collect guys who were who were <laughs> Whose names match the star- sparse stars from the years past. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. The uh, they, have, they have a center named Terry Bradshaw. He's terrific. Um, This is a lot of talking in circles. I know it is I, it, it, because this is what you're getting this week. This is and this isn't a real episode. Clearly, you can tell by the title. I don't even know what I called it. I might even call it an episode not a real episode Um, because we're late. And, and I, I never know whether to acknowledge it in this way where where I have to apologize to you guys uh, and you're all lovely and your listeners and you're fine and we're here um I just I I it's you know it's been a year and this is officially a year like literally as I'm recording this this is a year ago today is the day we found out Tom Hanks had the fucking coronavirus and basketball shut down and all that kind of stuff and uh And so we're all, you know, we're all ready. We're we're all basically fucking ready, right? To escape this fucking shackled prison. Now, I, I got out last week. Wait, my neighbor's making noise. Oh, this is going to be great. This is good. I'm glad I'm doing a podcast with my neighbor's making noise. Uh, again, I don't have a fancy studio, folks. I don't have a goddamn plexiglass box anywhere. I don't have fucking foam, egg crates, or egg, whatever the fuck you have on the goddamn wall. You're just going to have to hear a fucking neighbor shouting into a phone at some point. That's the way it works. You're going to have to hear doors slam. You're going to have to hear me gulping breaths. I'm the, I'm the last of the OG podcasts, man. Everybody else has got a fucking, like, because anybody else, like, the office ladies, if they do a podcast, and they're like, oh, my God, I remember that time Steve Carell tripped on an Ottoman, and we all thought it was like Dick Van Dyke. Oh. And then they go to breathe after the laugh, but it's it's cut out with, a, uh, like, a jaunty tune. There's and somebody comes in and dances a jig, and you hear their tap dancing on the floor. They're like, oh, do you remember one time, remember when Kevin spilled all the chili? Here's the funny part, they had to do that forty-one times. And every time he spilled it, they had to clean it up by throwing away that carpet, so they had to recarpet the office forty-one times. Do you know that that episode literally took seven and a half months to film? <laughs> and then doodla doodle doo do 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 because you don't have to hear them fucking breathing. But me man, I don't have that kind of thing. I got I can't paper over the mistakes. This is a, this is a this is a tenement. This is a podcasting tenement. Everybody else has got a high rise. Everybody else has got silver and fucking chrome. Everybody else is doing their fucking fancy thing where they fucking go ahead and get all the background noise out of it and I'm like, "You know what, man? I I think I'm just going to make a podcast of background noise. I think that's the plan at this point. No more talking. I'll just open up the microphones and you'll just get room room tone." Whatever the fuck's going on in my house, you'll hear it. You'll hear the fridge do that fucking thing where it d- you all, oh, you all have a fridge, right? You ever have your fridge just knock for no reason? That's fucking bananas. And at first, it'll be like, rah, rah, it makes a weird fridge noise. And then it, and sometime your fridge just go like, and I don't even, have the, I don't have like a fucking ice maker in there. I don't have any of that bullshit. It's just a fucking fridge. But for some reason it does that and I don't get it. Uh, but I didn't venture out of my house. I went to uh, I went to my buddy's house, my buddy, Pat, and I went and saw Coming to America. We watched a double feature is what we did. Uh, And Pat was like, come on over, man. We'll have some pizza, some rum, and we'll watch a double feature of movies. And uh, and look, he could have said, hey, man, come on over. Help me clean my bathrooms. And I would have said, yes, because I just it's this thing where I'm like, I just want to see people. I want to do stuff. But I also want to have fun. We all want to get out and have some fun. So to go watch, to get a pizza and fucking and and watch movies at his house and the rum thing. I wasn't. I told him. I go, look, man. You know me. I don't drink. And he's like, Well, I just got to have you try because when we play Zoom poker on Sunday nights, he busts out the rum. He's got like two different kinds of rum. Wait, hold on. All right. I'm sorry. My my neighbor was making another noise. Again, maybe if I go ahead and whisper, he'll talk, and then you'll hear him behind me. So then when I'm talking, and also I'll tell you this very distracting to me to hear him, even though you guys might not be hearing him, but I can hear him clearly, and so then I think it's like completely interrupting me, and then maybe it's not, and then I stop for no reason, and then we whisper for fucking 30 seconds or whatever the fuck, and that totally flips the script on this entire thing, you know what, one of these days I should do a full whispering podcast, again, I ask you, is there any traction in this, is this something you would want? I know there are people out there who are just like, no, you know what we want? We want a fucking podcast that comes out on time comes out on time. I'm sorry, I can't even I can't laugh while I'm whispering. Isn't that weird? Have you ever tried that before? Let's try it again. <laughs> oh my god. Oh no, that just sounds like you're having an attack. That sounds like an asthma attack if you laugh while you're whispering. Uh the fuck was I talking about? All right, so Pat's like have some rum. And we play zero poker. Zero? Zoom. Whatever the fuck play zoom poker and he has rum in his house and it's uh he said he was drinking macadamia rum and some other flavored rum and i'm like who the fuck makes macadamia rum and he's like sammy hagar i'm like of course that's exactly who it is that's because that's my favorite part about pat pat you know he doesn't mind a spirit he doesn't mind having a cordial of some sort And uh, and he'll knock it down. But it's always it always needs to be made by some rock and roll guy. You know what I mean? He's Pat's the only guy I know who's who's drinking Jeff Lynn's gin. You know what I mean? It's like, what? How the fuck did the ELO guy make gin? I didn't even know he was in the fucking business. But if it's out there, Pat will find it. Pat's going to find some some Def Leppard rye whiskey and have a night. And I'm like, good for you, buddy. Uh, But then he's like, you got to try this stuff when you come over because he's desperate to have somebody else try it because he loves it. And I'm like, all right, I'll try it when I get over there. So, I I mean, I get in the door, we go upstairs to, you know, watch because he's got an upstairs that's all furnished. So we go up there to watch TV and uh, he pours me a rum like instantly. And I'm like, dude, what the uh, right out of the box. And uh, to his credit, he only gave me like an inch of it in a shot glass. You know what I mean? He didn't fill the glass. Cause he knows uh, that I'm not going to, you know, I I got no interest in getting fucking toasted at his fucking place also. Cause I drove. So I told him, I go, look, if you get me fucking loaded, you're, I'm going to sleep at your house. You want that? You want, you, cause he's got a wife and a daughter. You think you want, they want to see me fucking walking around in the morning, drinking their orange juice? No, they fucking don't. So he poured me an inch of the, uh, of, of the macadamia rum and, uh, I, I sipped it like I'm not going to bang it down because I wanted to give it a fair day and court. So I sipped it and uh, instantly my mouth was warm. I will tell you that. And then I swallowed it and it, it, was, it was like <laughs> like like that right away because it's a uh, it's a strong liquor. You know what I mean? It's just it, and I'm not used to that kind of thing. So it caught me off guard. And, uh, but then as I settled in, you know, it was the, cause the initial thing, it's like when you eat, uh, like a spicy chicken or something like that initially you're like, fuck. And then you eat it. You're like, oh, wait a minute. There's the chicken. Hey, this is delicious. Well, with this rum, I, I sipped it and I used the word cordial a second ago. That's exactly what this reminded me of. This was like, this tasted like Christmas. It tastes like a Christmas drink. Uh, cause it had like a cherry note to it. Almost. It tasted like, it tastes like medicine is what it tastes like. It tastes like cough syrup, but, but the flavored cough syrup that you kind of don't mind, uh, almost like a, like I said, a cherry ish flavor. But then on top of that, uh, dude, it totally tasted like nuts. Like I, when I was, tr- I was trying to parse whether it was macadamia cause it tastes like almond to me is what it tastes like. It tastes like a cherry almond, uh, drink medicine, cordial, whatever the fuck you want to say, but it was almost sweet And and boozy. Uh, But then, you know, as I as I swallowed, I'm like, this is just I could I could taste that it was macadamias, but it also it was just it was nuts. It was like almonds, whatever the fuck. I don't I don't know. Tastes like mixed nuts, but it wasn't what I was expecting at all. And uh, and I said, I go, that's actually good. And he goes, right. Then I go, yeah, it is. And he goes, here's what I make. He takes his other rum, which is like some sort of spiced rum. And he makes a rum drink. I don't know. Rum and Coke or rum and whatever. And then he floats the, the, the fucking macadamia rum on top. He said it's it, uh, it's called a sweet hitchhiker <laughs> because, again, Sammy Hagar made the rum. So he named the drink and sweet hitchhiker is one of his songs. And that's that's the thing is you pour yourself the fucking liquor with with, uh, you know, whatever your drink is. And then the sweet hitchhiker is the macadamia rum on top. And you pour that on there. And uh and, and I felt I was embarrassed that I liked that name. I was like, why is this even working? It works. It does. But again, it's just it's such. And I can't beef about these fucking guys. These guys are geniuses. Sammy Hagar sold his fucking Cabo Wabo tequila company for like 200 million dollars. And just and just the other day. like And so that's why there's a reason all these fucking celebrities. You want to laugh at them. but There's a reason they're making all this booze. Fucking The Rock has his Terramana tequila. Eventually, that'll be 500 million dollars fucking Ryan Reynolds makes his fucking what is it booze I don't know gin or whiskey I couldn't tell you and Conor McGregor dude Conor McGregor just sold his share not even the whole fucking company his share uh, of the of the whiskey that that proper 12 which I've heard just just tastes like you washed a leprechaun's pants in turpentine. I I, just, I heard it's disgusting because there's real whiskey out there, you know what I mean? And everybody's like Proper Twelve, what the fuck is this? But because there's there's a bunch of people who are like we like Conor McGregor and they they want to support him, they buy the Proper Twelve, and he just sold his share in the business for a hundred and fifty million dollars. And and you're like, boy, that's there's a reason these motherfuckers are doing this. You know what I mean? It's just and again nobody in the world should have $150 million. Nobody in the world should get $200 million. I, I Yes, they they should because that's what the price will pay. It's just such a weird time in the world right now because there are all these... I was raised a capitalist. You know, you're raised on capitalism and you got to pay your bills and you make as much money as you fucking can. And now there's all these people who are like, no, man, capitalism is totally bad. And here's what we really need to do. We need to kill the rich people and then we need to distribute their wealth among everybody. And uh, you know who's saying that? everybody (laughs) not the rich people but the distributed among everybody it's the everybody people who are like yeah you know we should do that that's pretty cool let's take these rich people out and give all their money to everybody else and uh and i and i'm this it's this as i've said before it's very strange to watch a worldview you've lived and experienced and favored your entire life fall apart in real time because there are all these movements that are anti-capitalism and i don't know you know, we're all capitalists. We're all trying to make as much money as we fucking can. Right. And because there are people who are just like, I could just pay my bills and be content. And it's like, all right, cool. You can pay your bills and be content. But then what if you see a jacket you like? And then the solution for that is they're like, well, jackets shouldn't cost that much. And it's like, well, all right, hold on a second. Someone's got to pay somebody to make the fucking jacket. And someone's got to send somebody into the wilds of Borneo to chop down the yarn tree to make you this fucking jacket. And, and so I don't, I, it's, I'm this amorphous blob because I can see all these sides. You know, it makes me feel... Remember when I was in high school, I've talked about this before. For some I was friends with everybody in high school for some reason. I was friends with... I had my crew of the, you know, the, the UN of Evil and the idiots and stuff that I hung out with. But I was friends with the upperclassmen because Lenny was friends with them. So Lenny got there first and he he was friends. So I got to be friends with all those dudes. And then in my class, I was friends with the stoner dudes. I was friends with uh, like the smart dudes. Um, I I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't the jagoff you hear today in school. At least I don't think. I mean, I was. I mean, I could be. I've told you enough stories where I was a jagoff. But I'm saying in school though, I was I was friendly with everybody. And you know what's funny? This is my perception. I mean, you could talk to some rich, not rich people, fucking smart people or whatever. When I was a kid, and they'd be like, I hated Mike Schmidt. What a fucking jagoff that guy was. And that could be true. You know, but the way I look at it in my mind was I was friends with kind of everybody in school. I I got along with the, you know, the fucking Roncos of the world, as well as my crew and then the smart people and then the nerdy people. And I I just kind of I felt like I floated between all the groups. Now, if it came down to it, if there was some sort of gang war, a turf war, I'd certainly side with the UN of evil. And why not? They were the coolest (laughs) 40 years ago. Um So I, but that's how I feel about, about real life now. Like I don't, I don't have any interest and I look, I will, there's no doubt. I was like, I I criticized earlier there. I, it's this thing where you just can't escape it. Like, I want to say that I'll let people to their own devices. They can like what they like and I don't want to criticize and stuff, but it's, it's human nature to go ahead and fucking criticize people for things. But I. You know, when people are like, oh, yeah, capitalism is terrible. And you're like, yeah, it, it kind of is. It's fucking awful. It's led to so many terrible decisions. And then they're like, yeah, and government is awful. You're like, well, all right. I don't my Yeah, a lot of the people in government now are fucking strokes and they're ruining everything. Yeah, and the police are awful. And you're like, yeah, oh, my God, there certainly are some terrible fucking police who are killing people. That's fucking weak. And everybody's like, so we should get rid of all the cops. And you're like, well, uh, all right. No, hold on a second. Uh, um I don't I don't know how that's going to work. Like, how do you how do you how do you get rid of all the cops? I mean, there are still some criminals out there who probably need to be stopped and we should get rid of capitalism and everybody should get all the money and just divide it up. And it's like, oh, all right. Uh, This this is antithetical to everything that I was taught as a kid. And so I don't know, because, again, I see the points. I see the good points of like, you know, because they're right. There's no reason Jeff Bezos needs three hundred billion dollars. So, so everybody's like, well, so we should take his money away. And I'm like, I don't, all right, why, why would you do that? He's, and besides, you're not going to get his money. He's just going to call the fucking Gary and fire up the chopper and go to fucking Borneo. He doesn't give a fuck. I don't know. I, it's, it's, uh, I find myself endlessly confused by the world. I, I, I already, you know what I feel like? I feel like I'm 85 years old. It's, it's, I don't know if it's just all changing at rapid fucking speed but I, I, I feel like, you know, I, I <laughs> this is so weird without it, without knowing anything about the person at all, without knowing anything about the character, really, except for his appearance and how he talks. I feel like Peter Falk in The Princess Bride, just just in an in an overcoat with a fedora and and probably getting up at four in the morning and reading a newspaper and and uh, and drinking coffee or tea, whatever. And, uh, and maybe eating a crust of bread before going to visit his grandson. I, I just, I feel like I'm 85 years old and, and I don't know. I know the pandemic contributed to that because again, before it, before the pandemic, I you know 3 th- I was in the gym 5 times a week, 6 times a week. 3 times with other people, you know, t- 2 or 3 times just doing cardio by myself. But then the other 3 times cardio and lifting with John and fucking Mariano and the guys at the gym. And then I'd leave there and I'd stop and get a get lunch or I'd go to the store or do something. Um, you know, and then sometimes I'd go to the movies or I'd go you know you just you had you had reason to be awake. You had reason to be up and do things. And and now there It just feels like there's no reason to do anything, and that's so dangerous to have in your life. I've talked about this before, where you, you know, every when every day is a day off. You can't take any sort of pride in having a day off for work well done or anything like that. And I know you're gonna. Well, all well, your podcasts work. You should fucking do that. You're right, absolutely. But but this particular week hit me in a way where I was like aimless. I had I had nothing. I felt that there was nothing to do, nothing to strive for. And I didn't, I didn't stream. I haven't streamed the last three days. I mean, I just, I fucking, I just battened down the hatches, man. And, and I tried again. I did try. I came here to talk. And as you can hear clearly or whatever the fuck I I have nothing to talk about this week. I mean, I do have some things I could talk about, but I felt like, well, I, I just, all right. I, uh, uh. All right, I'll tell you this. Uh, um, <laughs> so, I I wasn't going to talk about this, and yet, and yet now I'm going to talk about it. It's a weird thing, but it's not. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, not even a couple of weeks ago, two ten days ago, I don't know February, late February, I got a text from my brother, and uh, and he's like, "Hey, how do you feel about getting the vaccine?" And I said, uh, "Well, I don't know how are, are you in, how interested are you in getting the vaccine?" And I just wrote, "I'm a thousand percent interested." What's up? And he's like, "Well, there's a way we can do this starting tomorrow, which is March 1st. Here's here's what you got to do." And so uh, I went in to a website, and that here in Los Angeles, and the way it's done in California is there are tiers that you can that they're they're unle- you know they're releasing tiers. So from January 1st till whatever, it was all uh, old people and people who worked in in f- the essential medical professions, that kind of thing. So then March 1st they opened up tier 2. And tier 2 includes uh food workers and uh first responders, cops, you know, uh, anybody who didn't get it before. Um and anybody who works with the public. Uh including Uber drivers. And Lenny's like, so you know, I've been doing that and and I know you do it. So if you want to do this, we can sign up. So He's like you go to this website here's how you do it so I went and uh, I couldn't believe how easy it was because I, I thought you know as I've told you many times I'm like well I there's no way I'm gonna get this done until July or August you know and and that that's that was my logic that was my thinking about it because it's just again as I've said many times before I don't think fat podcaster is an essential worker you never know uh, some of the emails I've received in the last couple of days proves that I'm essential from people who are going hey what the fuck where's the show and I'm I'm, I'm grateful you would care enough to write. Um, but I, I, I signed up and they, you know, you have to choose that you work as a, as a, as a driver, whatever the fuck there's, there's a whole process that you have to do online and I did it and I signed up and it gave me an appointment, uh, two days from then. And I was like, this is crazy. You know, I, I, I first, I didn't know. I thought it would be months and months and months before I got it, but now I'm getting it. Instantly, it's it's almost as if if you ever going to buy concert tickets and then you get in immediately and the best tickets are still available, you like, this makes no fucking sense. I mean, when I went on this site, there were 30 appointments available on, on like the Monday and the Tuesday and uh, and they were they were in the valley. They were close by my house and I was like, all right, well, this is fucking strange. So I signed up for the whole thing. And after I signed up, I, I, you know, I said to Lenny, I said, you know, because I I just took appointments around when he got it. I said, I'll pick you up. We'll go. It'll be fine. And he said, great. And uh, so we were set. And then as the day went on, I was in my apartment and I'm just thinking to myself, man, this is this doesn't seem right. You know, because there are all sorts of stories here, certainly in California, of people skipping the line, people who are uh, who are desperately in need of this and not able to get it. And, uh, you know, wait your turn, please be, you know, be kind, all of these different things. And I, and I agree with those things and I've, I've been very vocal here on the show for, for a year to follow the science and do what you can to help people and make sure that everybody gets squared away. But also if I'm eligible, then I'm fucking eligible, right? I mean, there's, there's no reason if you're not eligible to be, you know, this isn't, this isn't fucking 1840, and I don't need to lay my fucking coat down over a puddle for somebody who can to, to go get the 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 fucking plague injection before me, right? I I don't, I I was torn, you know, in my brain I was like, this is if I if I qualify and I'm, I can get this done, and also let's let's break this down even further you know, I don't have a doctor. I don't have a a primary care physician. And so I don't have any medical diagnoses. I don't know anything about my health right now. You know, the, the, the main thing I know about my health is that, uh, in the past year it's been, I've, I've completely done terrible things to myself as a person, uh, (laughs) physically, uh, and mentally I've put myself through the fucking ringer a lot, but, but physically I have, uh, I have really done myself a disservice in a year, so it's in and you know. So I'm I'm I have comorbidities, I have and I qualify with the job, all of those things, but yet it doesn't feel like because I don't look, I'm not sick. Okay, I've gone a year. Of only going out when necessary. I've gone to friends' houses occasionally, like I've gone to Pat's and we distanced and watched movies. Uh, I went on holidays to my brother's house, but it wasn't like I was going out anywhere and doing anything. I I, I went to the grocery store, I'd get takeout food. I didn't eat anywhere. You know, I mean, it's just I've done everything I can to follow the science to the letter and try to be respectful of anybody who wouldn't be able to take care of themselves. You know what I mean? I, I never put myself. Uh, ahead of anyone all I did was I did what I thought was best for me and the world around me and so now that I'm it's time it looks like I could have gotten the vaccine and I signed I signed up for it instantly because I don't you know it's like fuck yes I'm getting it I uh, that doesn't make any sense to not get it if I qualify I qualify but then I I, once I qualified and once I signed up I started to really think about it and I went like wait a minute here there's because every article you read every story you read is they're saying oh people are getting vaccinated but then they're saying oh there are people who are not getting vaccinated and people are getting skipped over and um there was a a, like a bootleg code thing in bel-air where they were taking uh older black people's codes and using them and for white rich people i whatever the fuck you know all these and again all this shit flies around you don't know if any of it's true i don't know what what's fucking true and what's not there's urban legends and shit like that all over the goddamn place all i know is it just it's In the bottom line, I qualified, but in the abstract, in the ether and in all of the people talking and amongst themselves in the stories, it felt disingenuous to get it after I've tried to do everything I can to be the best person I can to allow people to get through this as quickly and painlessly as possible. So it felt weird to sign up. Uh... And so I, I did it, but I was in my apartment and then I'm questioning it. And, and, and also, there is a real subtext here in, in this, uh, in Los Angeles, you know, and on social media uh, and, and all, I, I, I don't know if it's in the world, but there, there's a very real vaccine policing going on. Where people will go to social media and they'll say, hey, I got my first dose today or, hey, I'm excited. I'm getting vaccinated or, oh, I've got an appointment for Wednesday. And there are people who will genuinely just go, yeah, cool. That's awesome. Good for you. But inevitably, every time you see this, you will see people who swoop in and go, how the fuck did you get it? Wait, why do you qualify? What's going on? This doesn't make any sense. What are you essential? When did you become essential? And it's done this thing that has happened forever where people are pitted against one another. You know, I mean, because, look, we're all over this. It's been a year where everybody's over this. We don't want anything to fucking do with it. We just want we just want to move on. And and if and there, look, there are people who are then you hear stories about people turning down the vaccine. People who say they never will be vaccinated. They don't want it people who don't want the Johnson and Johnson but they'll take the Moderna you know all these people it's just as if vaccine boutique shopping is something that should be done i don't i don't get it we've all been in such turmoil for a year you would think that everybody would be lining up to do this and get it done uh that's that's for the people turning it down but for the people policing like that's i understand the frustration people have you know but but it's the government and the states that are fucking this up in a way where they don't send enough or they or they send them to the wrong place or they don't have any real plan to to do people properly. And look, it's still also a miracle that they're getting as many done as they are getting done because they're getting volunteers. They're getting they're setting up parking lots like fucking baseball stadiums. They were doing it for testing and now they're doing it for vaccinations. There is a real effort out there to get this done. And it's, it's, I guess the word I would use is heartwarming. You know, there are people who care enough to, to go into a parking lot and, and, and take care of people who need to be taken care of. And if you want to look at the big picture, we all need to be taken care of. And you know, this, this thing has left a lot of people fucked rent wise, job wise, money wise, all, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a situation now where I'm, I'm going to probably have to get back in the car. Like I'm, I'm, I'm very worried. Uh, and I, but look, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I can ever Uber again. I'm going to have to just Uber eats it. I can't, I'll deliver dead meat. I can't have living meat in my car anymore. I don't know if you saw the clip of the three women who fucking coughed and spit on the uber driver and and grabbed his phone and just i I, man i got i got none of that left in me i mean it it, you know it all made great stories for you guys but after what we've all been through to see somebody be treated like that in if it's me if i'm that driver like literally i i (laughs) i hope you understand this when i say it I would want to murder those girls like I, I'm not even saying it in some like uh, hyperbolic way or, you know, if someone spit on me and then tried to grab my phone and was and was abusing me like in my own car, I I would literally just go. It would just be palmentary time. It would be like, all right, now you, now you just can't leave. And I've had this situation before. I've been in a situation before where people wouldn't get out of my car. And I floored it and drove for the wall of a mall as fast as I could, screaming, everybody dies. So, so I, don't, I don't want to go through that again, ever again. And especially because, again, you've known, you've heard all the Uber stories. Where I've had to throw people out of my car and just go, all right, look, no, 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 no. Get the fuck out of my car. And some people get the fuck out of your car. But I've had to physically drag people out of my car before, drunk people. Uh, and I I just, I have no, I I, look, I don't want to do anything. All right. We've talked about this many times before I'm, I'm paralyzed, but, but the, the last thing I want to do is just get into close quarters, fist fights with people in my car. It's, it's, it's bad enough. Wearing a mask and having them wear a mask that that battle's got to be enough. But then the three of them start mocking you and then they cough on you and they fuck it. I mean, dude, it's like, get the fuck because people like that, because then the next day those chicks go viral and then one of them does a she does like a fucking Instagram live or something in a bra and and she's talking and you're just like, you're you're an awful person. And have you ever seen anybody and you just go, "Uh, what are you going to do if you get older? Not when. If, because someday you're going to do this bullshit to the wrong person and they're going to crack you in the mouth with a claw hammer and people will cheer. Is that the kind of person you want to be? You go viral for being a shit bag for coughing on a guy for fucking trying to steal his phone and swearing and cussing him out. And do you not realize that the fucking, the nation hates you and who you are and what you do? I've said many times on here, I'm like, the world's a wood chipper, man. Fucking help people. And and if there's a dude Ubering people during the pandemic, trust me, that's a desperate dude. It's not a dude who's, that, guy, that guy's not like, because it used to be with the Uber driver, the way they used to fucking portray it was, oh, you know what, it's I, I do 20 hours a week and I get to make new friends and I meet people. They, they try to always spin it that people were going to just be like friendly or friends or whatever the fuck. And it's like, I, and I told you guys, you know, no, man, I'm an Uber driver because I need fucking money. Uh, nobody's out there to have coffee with friends. Nobody's like, you know what? I like to have conversations because you know what? Every passenger is like, shut the fuck up and take me where I'm going. And they 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 tried to make it like it was a, a, a 3D social media site, Uber. Like, you know, you could actually have conversations with people, but in person. Uh, no, man, it ain't that shit at all. It's a fucking service. So if that guy's out there driving in the fucking pandemic, you know, he's trying to make as much money as he fucking can for himself, for his family, whatever the fuck. And then those girls get in the car and they start spitting and yelling and fucking coughing. And, and it's in a and as I've said, like, I, I wouldn't do well, I wouldn't because I know that I know that helpless feeling of just get get the fuck out of my car. And they're like, no, you got to drive me. And you're like, just get out. Just get the fuck out. No, I'm not getting out. Because then in your brain, you're like, all right, well, I'll drive you to a police station. I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? It's Let's do this. But then if you drive with them in the car, then they're like, oh, you're kidnapping me. You're taking me to the wrong place. But all this, this society has fallen apart, man. It just has because of people who don't, who just think that everything exists for them. So, you know, when I talk about having to get back in the car, I I think, like I said, I'm just going to drive food around. And it's funny talking to my brother. He's like, when I had trouble, I told him on the weekends at night, that was when it was an issue. When people were drunk from like 1130 till three, 330 in the morning, that was when you had drunk people. That was when you had the most problems, but that's when you made the most money because that's when people had to fucking go home. Well, he says that with the deliveries. He's like at night from like midnight until three or four in the morning, that's all drunk people ordering food. And then sometimes they fall asleep and they don't answer the door or they, or they, they're shitty to you when you drop the food off. And I'm like, I'm just starting to think that people are just fucking terrible they're just terrible and mean to service workers or or whatever the fuck you want to call them. I'm sorry. Uh 8 months ago they were heroes. Uh, these people were heroes. Uh and now once again people are coughing on them and not tipping them and making fun of them and uh and so that's what I was I was thinking about all week where I'm like, "Well, fuck, I'm going to have to get back in the car here soon." I am. Um but also thinking about this vaccination appointment and I'm like, "Should I do this?" Like I I I qualify. Yes, but there are so many other people who, who need it. So many other people who qualify ahead of me. So many other people who, uh, you know, need the help. And I, I started to waver, you know, I didn't, I didn't know how to feel about it. I I, I was, I was down on myself. I'm like, all right, are you doing this for real? Should this be a thing that you, whatever the fuck I, I was questioning? which is fucking ridiculous, right? Because in my brain I'm like why are you even questioning? You qualify. You do qualify. But there becomes that like I said the vaccine policing and people doing it online. My brother got it. My brother posted that he had received his first vaccine and same thing people are like what are you essential because they know he's a comedian. They they know Lenny is a comedian. So they're like, "Well, what do you how are you essential? Like why why could you get it if you're a fucking comedian?" What also people don't understand is out here in Los Angeles when this first started, Not the vaccinations, but when the pandemic first started, when they talked about people who were able to go to work, performers were on the list. Performers were excluded, like fucking food workers and grocery store workers, because this town runs on performers. So actors and and crew people could go to work, because otherwise this town's going to shut the fuck down. So when you look at it that way, yes, performers are essential in California. Uh, so that's one of the reasons that they, they were giving unemployment to actor. They did it right away. Actors and Uber drivers. Cause this whole state is a gig economy. This entire fucking state is a gig economy. You know, maybe in Iowa, you got farms, maybe in other places, everybody does that thing. But here our farming is commercial acting <laughs> and, and movie production. And I'm not just talking about the fucking 30 actors in the movie. There's another 300 people working behind the scenes. So they can't shut that shit down. So if you want to get that nitpicky about it, yeah, Lenny was essential. But then in, in the comments, my, what, my dude, my fucking brother, my brother Andy popped in and he just goes, "Uh, wait a minute, how are you getting it? <laughs> now, Andy's had it because Andy works in a hospital. So Andy, Andy's fully vaccinated. But he writes in social on social media instead of texting Lenny, you know, he has his number. He writes on his social media page. Wait a minute. Why are you getting it? And and Lenny's like, it's fucking L.A., man. You know, uh, my Uber driver performer status qualifies me as of March 1st. And then my brother, that's not good enough. My brother goes, wait a minute. Mom and Dan haven't had their vaccination yet and you were able to get yours. Uh, And and look, that's not wrong. Okay, my mom is 77 and right now has cancer. My stepdad is 78. He has COPD. The two of them, to me, seem like not only are they candidates, but they should have been the first people in the state to get it. All right. That's just I know that's selfish. But for me, it just seems like they should have been the ones who were were, they came to their house literally like, hi, it's me, the mayor and the governor. Put your arms out, please. Like they they deserve it. They need it. They But also but then you go the other route where people are like, why do they deserve it? They're 77 and 78 and they're old. And that's that's one of the things that's been exposed in this country is the callousness of people in their thinking when it comes to helping everybody. You know, I saw in New York, people are mad because if you're overweight or a smoker, you qualify for the vaccine and people are furious. Oh, these people have abused their bodies for years. Now they get it. They get it. We don't understand that if you don't vaccinate those people who are weak, it'll. they're trying to stop the disease in its tracks. Okay. It's not about saving the fat. Okay. Nobody's like, well, we better throw a lifeline to the smokers. They're like, all right, these are the people most susceptible. So we got to whack them up with the medicine because that will that close. It's like it's like fucking fixing a leaky pipe. Look at look at all of the population as a pipe. And, you know, the holes that spring open and there and, and that allows the fucking leaks to happen. The That's that's the people who are who have special comorbidities or challenges. And you got to fix those holes or else you'll flood the whole fucking house. So I guess the hop, the house is the population. The house is the country and the pipes are the people. <laughs> it's a good analogy. Fuck off, man. I'm right. It's like a leaky pipe. You got to fix the holes in the leaky pipe or else the fucking whole thing will go to shit. There is strong copper pipe and nobody's like, why aren't you repairing the strong copper pipe first? It's awesome. It looks shiny. Well, yeah, man, but that copper pipe is doing its fucking job. It's fine. It can wait. Right now, these these leaky pipes need attention because otherwise it'll fuck the whole house up. And so but people are mad. People are angry. And I'm sure you've seen that that rich people are buying their way into the vaccine. In Florida, there was a gated community that donated money to the governor and they all got fucking vaccinated. It's nothing is fair. And it's 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 becoming more and more clear to each of us every single day that nothing is fair if you, if you have money you can buy your way into stuff and, and you can buy a congressman or a senator you, just the very fact that they were filibustering or whatever the fuck trying to, to make them not pass the, the savings bill and also they fucked with the minimum wage and also they cut the unemployment benefit it's just it's they do everything they can to keep control over the populace by, by closing the purse strings ever tighter when it's time to help Meanwhile, there are rich people who get a tax cut and and everybody rejoices in in, on, on certain sides of the aisle and they go crazy. You know, it's it's. So that's why when I say I don't know what to do about capitalism and all this other stuff, because this is the system I grew up in. But also you can see it's become completely it's rotten from the inside out. And they've pitted people against one another, case in point, this vaccination police thing where they're mad at smokers, they're mad at fat people, they're, and it's exposed an idea in this, you know, and I've said this before, where people just decided, oh, yeah, well, you know what, it's old people and fat people and black people and, you know, it's okay. You know, it'll burn itself out in those communities. When they come at you with the, yeah, and it's not young people who get it, so it's fine. What do you mean? That's not... So let young people go out. Well, no, you don't understand. Young people could still bring it home to old people or whatever. Oh, you can't tell young people to do that just so they can save these old people. And old people have had a good life or a good run. This last six months has is, is really enlightened me and shown me why people could ignore something like the Holocaust. And I look, you're like, oh, you can't compare the two, and I, I, I kind of can. Although the Holocaust was man-made. This is a uh, you know this is a cataclysmic event and people are still willing to bargain away lives as long as it doesn't affect them it's it's among the most difficult things I've ever had to watch to see people say oh well you know it's okay if black people get it or fat people get it now they don't say it that way and uh, and they always couch their weight like like if I uh, if someone said they were heavier they had a comorbidity because people then because then people had no compunction about asking you, Hey, what's your comorbidity? Hey, why'd you get it? Why are you essential? What happened to you? And, and, you know, someone could say, well, I have an autoimmune disorder. And so I, you know, they wanted me to get it. And people are like, Oh, well, I mean, you know, my aunt is 80 and she doesn't have it yet. That, that whole thing of like this, this contrast. And I, so I said, I even saw my brother do it to my other brother. And, uh, and uh, yes, my parents should have it but I can't control what Florida does. That's another thing is every state is fucking different. I mean, you've seen, there are some States throwing doses away at the end of the night because they don't use them. There's no, there's, and there are people who refuse them. I guess it was here. I think 54% of firefighters in LA said they didn't want it, you know, and you're just like, all right, I, I don't understand this at all. I mean, you're, you're kind of doing it for everybody else, not just yourself, but that's fine. Um, and, it, and these are the things that kind of knock your dick in the dirt and make you go, man, nothing's going to get fixed. If anything, it's just going to get worse. And then you, you know, you spiral and you're not going anywhere and you got nothing to do, but think about that stuff. And then you want to fucking just inure yourself. So then you go in a cocoon and you just wind up reading or fucking staying away from the news or life. And, uh, and it's, it sends you on a fucking jaunt down. I don't give a fuck Lane. So I signed up and then I spent the whole rest of the day going, well, what the fuck am I going to do here? And then I was like, well, even if I get it, I'm not going to say anything. You know, I can't tell anybody because I don't want to have the argument. I don't want to have people go, well, you don't deserve it. Or why do you get it? Or you're just a podcaster or whatever the fuck. And um, I, I, so I said, I'm going to keep it to myself. But then I said, well, maybe I shouldn't even get it. You know, if if I because if I go through with this, this doesn't make any sense. And and there are people ahead of me and all sorts of horseshit. My head was scrambled. So I have a friend. I think I told you her name's Suzanne. She's a nurse. And uh, and I reached out to her because it's important to me to know what she thinks. And and I sent her a note. I said, hey, look, I have a chance to get the vaccine. Uh, I'm not I'm not maneuvering. I'm not cutting in front of anybody. I genuinely qualify but I I don't know what to do because I know there are so many other people who need it and I don't want to think that I'm cutting in line or taking something that someone else deserves. And I think her answer came back in like 18 seconds. Like, like, Like she, as she was reading mine, she started typing. Like she didn't even finish reading what my thoughts were before she just typed. And she just wrote, awesome in all caps. And then she's like, fuck other people. You need to get this as soon as possible. And I wrote her and I go, well, yeah, I go, like I said, I qualify, but I I just feel stupid. Kind of, you know, there's so many people who are upset with other people. I, I explained my feelings that I've just explained to you. And she goes, listen to me. No, she goes, you don't understand. And this is what people don't understand. She goes, the more people that get vaccinated, the better period. And she goes, it's fucked that the government Local and state and fucking federal can't square it up to where people are just getting it 24 hours a day. She said, it's fucked that they haven't come up with some special way to make sure that everybody gets it and, and, and finding priorities and things like that. And she goes, and plus there are people are turning it down. She goes, it is a fucking circus. And if you can get it, fucking get it. Cause who knows what's going to happen in, in a month. And I, I was like, All right. That was all I needed. And again, she's my friend. So it's colored through that prism. But at the same time, she's a medical professional. I've asked her about her hospital and she said, oh, we get people in here and then people don't want it. And people say they're just they oh, they they're not interested. She goes, believe me, it is it is fucking terrible out there for misinformation, every other thing she goes. So if you everybody in this country should get it, if you have the chance to get it, get it. Don't, you know, don't climb on the backs of the poor to get it. Don't fucking elbow people who need it out of the way to get it. But if you have an opportunity and you qualify, absolutely get it. And, and that made me feel better. Because, um, again, Suzanne's on the front line. She sees it all the goddamn time. And, uh, you know, I told you my brother works in a hospital and he told me how bad it is. He said they'll in the beginning they would bring people in like, in a, almost in like a body bag. Because they didn't want them to be in contact with the people in the fucking ER, you know, because people didn't know what they were dealing with. And as it's gone along, still, they the, the isolation of locking people in a room because they don't want anybody else to get it. And everybody. My brother works in a full hazmat suit. And uh, and he's been vaccinated. You know, it's just it's just. I sit in my apartment and I take in what I take in through news sources and I'm not, in the, I'm not in the muck. I'm not in country, so to speak. I've not seen it in that way. So I can't sit here and be like, well, it's bad or it's getting better. I don't have any fucking clue. I don't know. All I know is I was offered the vaccine. I was up for it and I signed up for it. And then I had second thoughts and then I had third thoughts. And then I had fourth fucking thoughts. And I contacted a friend who's in the middle of all of it. And she said, don't even think fucking twice. Get this goddamn thing. So I stayed signed up and, uh, I picked Lenny up to go get it done. And, uh, and I will say this like they, they (laughs) just small things that the state is messing up. Like they texted me and they said, your appointment is at at noon or at 1115. And here is your, here's the address. So I put the address in the phone. And, uh, Lenny, Lenny gives me a different address. I go, no, no, they texted me with the address. He goes, well, he goes, I've got this address right off the website. And it was off by a digit. Okay. They, they texted me one, eight, one, one. And the website said one, eight, one, one, one. And I said, all right, well, what do you think? He goes, I don't know. He goes, if they texted you, that's gotta be the right one. And I said, probably He goes, but the website says this. I go, all right, well, let's go to the one on the website. And, uh, and sure enough, we drove and and the one on the website was correct. But all I could think of, because again, these, these these appointments are meticulously done like every 10 minutes or every 15 minutes. So anybody who followed the wrong address, they're lost. They're driving around town. They're freaking the fuck out. And there are people who might not know to go check the fucking website. So we're already off to an auspicious start. So he and I are in the car. We drive. And then it's supposed to be on the campus of a, of a university. So I pull in I'm, and I've got the map rolling. I take left turn, left turn, right turn, left turn, and there's, there's nothing. There's nothing at all on this campus. We can't find it. We don't know where it is. There's no signage at all. So we pull back out to the main drag and we look. And again, and, and I tell you this, we left like an hour ahead of time because I knew. I was like, I don't know if there's going to be a line out the fucking door or what it's going to be like. But we drove up and, uh, And then there were like we saw a cop and we pulled over. We asked him where he said, hey, where's the vaccination site? He goes, oh, yeah, no, you got to go up here. You got to turn on Lindley. You got to turn left. And it was completely different from what they fucking gave me with the address. Now, the, the address for the vaccination site was kind of in the area. Right. But but it wasn't specific. And specificity is what you need when you have an appointment a a once-in-a-lifetime fucking appointment that has to be met or they throw the fucking stuff out or whatever, right? I mean, I'm panicking now. So we're driving, and I'm like, all right, so we go where he goes. Then we see an electronic sign, and says, vaccination, right lane, Uh, turn here. So we turn, and then there's a bunch of traffic cones, and then there's a guy in a windbreaker, like a security dude, and we follow that finally, and we get in, and there's a bunch of people in like five different lines. And what they're doing is they're checking because we were sent a code with a bunch of uh, uh, verbiage, and uh, and then they got to scan that, and that's when you go in. So uh, as we're pulling up, the the volunteers that are working the front, they are uh, they're analyzing papers, like they're asking people, and people are handing them like packets of paper. And I look at Lenny, I go, "Did they mail you anything?" He goes, "No." And I go, "Well, these people are like giving them." reams of documents he goes well he goes we have the code we should be good i go yeah i go but they're not going to turn us away here and he goes oh fuck he goes i don't know so then uh like i said we're about eight cars back we're pulling up and people just keep handing out papers to the to to the people inspecting them and they're reading and they're asking questions and it looks like an interrogation of some sort and finally a woman walks up and she walks past the car she's just talking to everybody And she goes, please have your IDs, your your uh, vaccination code and your pay stubs out. Have your pay stubs, your vaccination code and your IDs out. Please have them ready. And in my head, I'm like, pay stubs. What the fuck? And Lenny goes, oh, man, we don't have any pay stubs. I said, well, did they tell you because they didn't send me anything? He goes, no, they sent me a code. That was it. That was signed up. And I said, yeah, I agree. And uh, I was like, well, I, I don't know what to give them. And he goes, well, I guess we could show them the app. I go, that makes sense, but it's not a pay stub. And he goes, well, we can access the pay section. And then I'm like, well, yeah, except I haven't driven during the pandemic. So it's good. I get my last paycheck in March of last year. I don't know if I still qualify. And he's like, no, it should be fine. And I go, well, I go, look, don't say anything about pay stubs. Say we have the app. Let's just do that. And we'll, and, and we'll see if we can get by just showing them the app and the phone. He's like, all right, cool. So we inch closer, we inch closer. And I got to be honest with you, people are handing them fucking piles of documents. Like, I don't even know what the fuck. It's like someone's got a scroll. You know what I mean? Another person's got one of those, like a dossier. I'm like, what is happening? Because um, I got a phone and a code. That's it. I, I mean, well, I tell you this. I also have a very healthy interest in bullshitting my way past these people. I can tell you that. And, and I have very all the confidence in the world that I can do it because it's not cops. You know, it's not official people. I, I, I've I, done this before. You try to get in somewhere. There's a person at the door. Maybe there's a velvet rope, whatever. I, uh, I have plenty of experience on both sides of the velvet rope of bullshitting and being bullshitted. So I, I have a pretty good idea of what I need to say. Uh, but the most important thing is to not even mention the, the the, fact that we get, you know, that our pay stubs are on the phone. That's, I, I, it's very important we avoid that. So we finally, it's our turn. We pull up. And uh, and this woman, you know, again, God love these people because they are doing yeoman's work uh, by by volunteering or whatever. They're you know, I'm sure they get the vaccine out of it, whatever they need to do, but they're looking through paperwork. They're sorting people. And also they're in close contact with people. They're wearing masks outside and jackets and gloves. And I can't I can't for long periods of time standing on their feet. And as I said, I've done this before. I've been event staff. I've been at concerts and things like that. And it's a fucking drag and they're, they're doing it in the service of helping people, which is amazing. Um, but I still am bound and determined to lie to this person if I have to. And I know you're like, well, that goes against you cutting in line. Well, I'm not cutting in line. I just don't, I don't have a pay stub. That's the point. I don't want to fucking go. Oh, I don't have that. And then get turned away. But then there's also that part of me. That's like, I, I, and I had, him like, well. They're not going to turn me away because once I'm here, I'm in the line. I mean, they want to vaccinate people. They're not just going to turn people away. It's not fucking World War Z or Lord of the Flies. They they want to do this. Uh, it's like when you were on a game show. When I was on a game show, they want you to win. Everybody thinks they're trying to beat you. No, it's better television for them if you fucking win because they can promote the fact that you want a million bucks or whatever the fuck They're To them, it's a drop in the bucket. It's all free publicity. If you fucking win. That's why when I lost on a game show, they were just like, why? Why didn't you win? Because they wanted me to win. because I had a fucking personality anyway. So in this line, I figured they got to want to vaccinate you. So we pull up and this woman again, a young young girl, not even a woman. She's probably, you know, 22, uh, probably a college student on the campus. And uh, we pull up and she goes, okay, I need, I need your pay stub and I need your code. I need your ID. And Lenny and I, we have the codes out and we have our, our uh, uh, licenses out. And we're hoping that'll be enough. Like we can kind of like slip past. So, okay. We hand her our IDs and she goes, okay, you're Michael. I said, yeah, you're Leonard. Yes. She hands them back and we go, all right, here's our codes. She's okay. Now I need pay stubs. I said, oh, well, we're Uber drivers. She goes, Uber drivers. I go, yeah. So we're, uh, you know, we signed up. We're Uber drivers. So we have the app on our phone. We don't have any, we don't have pay stubs. And she goes, oh, And behind her, there's a woman in a different colored jacket, an orange jacket, and she's got a clipboard. So obviously she's an authority figure. Orange jacket, clipboard, you know that they're in charge. And she's, uh, you know, looking down at the clipboard. And this woman turns around and goes, Marsha, Marsha, they don't have pay stubs. And uh, Marsha looks up from her clipboard. And I can only see half of her face, the eyes, because she's got a mask on. But Marsha has been defeated by the process marsha has been defeated by life it seems and marsha is tired of answering questions so she says marsha they don't have pay stubs and marsha goes what and she says they're uber drivers so they have the app on their phone with the with the picture but they don't they don't have any pay stubs and marsha audibly sighs (sighs) and Lenny and I are tense in the car waiting for the go-ahead from clipboard Marsha to save our lives and with the disinterest of a toddler told he had to eat his green beans Marsha after her sigh says whatever and then looks back down at the clipboard and continues to write. <laughs> and if, if I could, I would have gotten out of the car and hugged Marsha immediately. Because then the woman helping us went, okay, well, I guess you guys are fine. Just go ahead and pull up here and stay in lane three. And I'm like, you're goddamn right we will. And they're like, turn into lane eight. I'm like, of course we will. Thank you, Marsha. Thank you, Marsha. You're my new favorite person in the whole goddamn world. Uh, and we drove by because, again, and I don't mean to look, I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade. I'm not trying to call anybody out, but they're trying to help people and they want to vaccinate people. So so in my brain, I'm like, oh, I guess I got to bullshit these people. And we didn't really bullshit. We we didn't present everything we needed to present up to that moment. We would. We, and look, we had the pay stubs on the phone if they needed it but I think from they, they both had fatigue from everybody handing them a fucking phone book. And then she was just like, whatever (laughs) we just fucking went in. And uh, when we got in there, it wasn't, it wasn't really busy. I mean, there was a line of cars, but nothing major in our line. And everybody was exceedingly friendly and super nice. And they had masks on and we pulled up and, out of the, like one of those, uh, moving pods, you know what I mean? It was like a tent with a pod or whatever. This woman comes walking out and she's in a full hazmat face shield, the whole deal. And, uh, and she's like, which arm? And I went right arm. Lenny went right arm and, uh, and she did it. And then they, I got, so I got the vaccination. I got the first shot. Uh, and they're like, uh, have you ever had anaphylactic shock? They ask you a bunch of questions. They're like, no, no. At that and at that point you're gonna say no to anything. You just wanna get the fucking thing. And uh, and they gave me the shot. And Lenny and I got vaccinated and we pulled forward and waited. And you have to wait 15 minutes. And and this is really funny to me. They, you know, you have to wait. There's all these cars. So they keep going up to the cars, they go, Okay, well turn your you gotta turn your engine off. Just turn your engine off. And when they told me to turn my engine off, I was even like kind of like, uh why? Like, why the fuck do I have to turn my angel? like Like, even, even amidst a group of people who are doing nothing but trying to help me and save me going forward, I still had that consternation, that small kernel of, why do I have to get told what to do? Why do you get to tell me to turn my car off? Like, I, I don't even, and, and then in my brain, again, I thought, look, I didn't verbalize it, I didn't get mad, but that flash, it, it just that small little spark inside me went, why do I get to turn my fucking car off? And then in my brain I went, because these fucking people... Have volunteered their day, if not their week or their month, to selflessly help people get vaccinated against the scourge of our lifetime. And maybe they don't want to fucking inhale your goddamn car fumes the whole time they're standing here. Do you think that makes sense, Mike? Do you think you could just fucking cooperate once in your fucking life without questioning authority like your John fucking Cougar Mellencamp in 1982? Jesus fuck, man. So I turned off the fucking car finally, and I was just like, oh, that makes sense. I turned it off, and Lenny and I are just sitting there, and and they were super nice. You know, they come over, and they're like, hey, do you need any water? Are you all right? Are you feeling anything? And I will tell you this. And I got the vaccination within about, it, it only took like 60 seconds, and my face got flush, like warm, uh, but nothing else. I didn't feel anything else, nothing bad. We sat there. We waited. You have to wait 15 minutes. And after 15 minutes, they're like, okay, how are you feeling? We're good. And we took off. And uh, the spot where I got the shot was sore for like a day or two. And my face was flushed for about an hour and then it went away. But other than that, I was fine, man. And uh, I should tell you that when I made the first appointment, they also said, hey, you can make your second appointment for this date. And so I get the second vaccination on the 23rd. And, uh, (laughs) and you'll laugh at me probably. And I'm sure I'll hear from somebody that this doesn't make sense or it's too soon, but, uh, I get the second vaccination on the 23rd and I'm already on a plane to Denver on the 26th. I'm going to evil Dennis's house and, uh, we're watching the NCAA tournament. My other buddy another buddy's coming from Chicago, maybe a couple more. Watching the NCAA tournament, we're going to hang out in Denver, uh, and then I'm there till I'm there till April second. I'm there for a week, and it looks like we're probably going to go to opening day at Coors Field. He's working on the tickets and with his old company and stuff, and it's just uh, it's time. It's fucking time. And do I feel weird about it? Yeah, I do. Um. And even for days after, you know, I like I said, I bought the plane ticket, I talked to Dennis. I almost bought the plane ticket before I talked to fucking Dennis. But I'm just I'm just ready. I think we all are. So I'll get that second vaccination and then three days later I'll be in Denver and I'll be cooking steaks on a grill with my friend and then and watching hoops and going anywhere, going out, going and doing stuff. And this is the thing that terrifies me. I can't lie about this. Like I'm I'm scared about re entering society. I know that sounds weird, but what I'm scared of is that that I, you know, this past year I, I go to the grocery store, I'm out for two hours, I come home and I feel like I need a nap. This past four days, you know, I was supposed to get to show up on Saturday, and then it was Sunday, and then it was Monday. Um you know, when I when it's time to work, when it's time to do something, my body just is is powering down like a robot and just and I'm sleeping all the fucking time. I'll, I'll sleep for four hours and get up and then I'll sleep another five hours and then sleep for eight hours. It's just it's like I just don't have any push or energy to do anything. And that week is going to be a real challenge. I'm looking at that week as a way to work toward getting up and doing things and going out and and, and living life and doing whatever I can to go and, and just fucking live, man. Because I've said this before, you know, it's it's. It's a year of my life that's been stolen. It's a year of your life that's been stolen. And not. I don't blame the government. I don't blame. I blame the disease. You know, the fucking virus came and made this happen. I blame the government because they should have shut down for six weeks in the beginning. And then we could be like New Zealand and everybody would be fine. Although we're a lot fucking bigger than New Zealand. And that's one of the reasons that we have these people who go, I don't want. I'm free. Whatever the fuck. Fine. Uh, but I think this entire thing could have been handled better and differently, but it wasn't. And so we are here a year later. And as I record this, this is literally, it's a year ago that Tom Hanks was, was sick. I think I said this earlier in the show, Tom Hanks announced that he had it in the NBA shut down. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's astonishing that all of us have given a, a year of our lives away And look, I'm sure there are some people like, I never did. I went skiing and good for you. But some of us did. Some of us stayed in and locked ourselves down. And I was predisposed to do that anyway. So now I'm unfortunately caving into my baser instincts where I do nothing. I have no motivation. I'm not inspired. And, and, And that honestly, this scares me. It scares me the thought of seeing people. It scares me the thought of going out. It scares me. As as excited as I am to go out and live life again, it scares me to think about living life. I want to remember what it was like. You know, I talked to John this week and John got his vaccine. You know, my trainer. He's like, hey, man, I got the vaccine. I go, so did I, dude. And he's like, well, I think I found a gym. You know, it's one on one by my buddy's house in Burbank. And I'm like, let me know because I have to, I have to, you know, I used to joke about how I had 25 years left when I was, when I turned 50, I'm like, I got 25 years left. All right. Well, now I'm 53. So Does that mean I got 22 left? And with the damage I've done to myself in the past year, does that mean that I have in you know whatever left? Question mark left? Who the fuck knows? I've I've received news from people that I know who are ill or sick or or uh, and and are around my age, and and it's just it's devastating. What do you do? And that's another thing that wiped me out for the past few days, where I, I don't know what to do. All I can do is try to change me and change myself. And I keep thinking I will, you know, I'll get inspired by a movie or I'll get inspired by art or I'll get inspired by something. And I go, that's the way to be. And then the next day I'm sleeping and fucking not doing the things I'm supposed to do. And it's just, it's a battle, man. You know, this entire run of shows, the whole podcast is on YouTube and there's a listener. uh, His name is Sal. Good guy. And uh, he and his wife, Jill, listen, have listened to the show forever. Jill got me a Funko that looked like me. Uh, They've been exceedingly kind to me and, and, um, and they, you know, they love the show and they've been very nice to me and they've sent gifts at Christmas and they're just, they're just nice people. Well, Sal, he, he listens to the podcast, you know, on, on YouTube and he'll leave comments, on the podcasts and stuff and I'll read them. I don't answer them because in my brain. I'm like, well, you know, you can answer in a public forum. You just read it, whatever. And, uh, but a week ago he, he listened to an episode from year 10. I don't even know which one it was. Uh, I didn't go check, but his comment (laughs) was this. It's now 2021. And for 13 years, Mike has been trying to fix these same issues. You can find one or two of these same podcasts in every year since year one. I've listened to every episode of this podcast four or five times. And from year one to year 10, there is no better podcast. No one has more hope for Mike than I do. But the only person that can help Mike is Mike. He wrote that comment on, uh, on YouTube. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, I read it and I, I was, I laughed and I shook my head because it's true. You know, I can't argue with that. And I would never think to argue with that because it's true. That's, that's kind of the point of doing these shows. You know, I, I I used to think doing these shows would be uh, a clarion call where it would lead me to make the changes I needed to make. You know, I, I can say to this person, I can say to Sal and to you, if you're listening, whomever. If it's frustrating for you for having listened for 13 years uh, and hearing me make the same mistakes, imagine living it for 53. (laughs) I'm, I'm just as frustrated as you are, if not more so, because I'm the one who never makes the improvements he needs to make. And, and I don't put, I don't say this to put an onus on Sal. I agree with what he wrote. He's not wrong. The only person that can help me is me. And uh, and that quote that that comment has been in my head since I read it, you know almost I think like nine days ago. And that's that's <laughs> one of the reasons I, I went into a spiral in the past week because he's wrong. He's right. He's not wrong. And so then I'm like, well, man, you got to fix these issues. And and then I'm like, well, you also, you can't talk about these issues on the podcast anymore because nobody wants to fucking hear your bullshit because you don't fix it. And this is something that lives inside me all the time anyway. I didn't need Sal to point it out. I truly believe that I can't keep doing shows where I talk about fixing things or changing things. And then I don't fix things and I don't change things. And I've, I've had good starts. You know, last year in, in January, I was doing great. I was fucking hitting the gym and killing it. But that's the thing is nobody wants to hear that glory days bullshit either. And then the pandemic came and I gave up. I didn't have to give up, but I did. I fell to my baser instincts and now I'm, I'm damaged and it's my fault. I don't like it. I wish it wasn't the case, but it's true. And, uh, and by the way, please don't think I didn't notice that you said from year one to year 10, there's no better podcast, which means the last three years have been shit, Sal. I get it, buddy. So that's what's popped into my head too. I'm like, oh man, that means the last three years suck. And so then I'm like, well, then why am I even doing it? What am I doing? And should I even do a show? Do people want to hear a show anymore? And then there's the Patreon. And then there's people who watch me on Twitch and people who are kind enough to reach out. And I go, yes, there is, there is an audience for you still. There are people who care about what you say. There are people, Sal, Sal cares about what you say. People care about you and they want to know what you're saying. And, and, you know, there's a reason in the beginning of the show, like I didn't, I didn't want to just start with this. I didn't want to lob this fucking grenade into your lives where I don't know what the fuck to do with myself. And and I'm sure we're all there, but, but you know, I, I don't know what a midlife crisis is, but I assume I'm having it or I've been having it forever. Uh, you know, I'm not mad. Like I used to be things aren't that your, your youth goes away. And like I said, I'm terrified about what I'm going to do now going forward, because now, you know, I truthfully with the pandemic, I had an excuse. Oh man, I can't go to the gym. Oh man, I can't go do stuff. Oh man, we got to stay in the house. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm going to revert to my childhood likes and my foods that I like. I'm going to eat fast food and I'm going to go ahead and just, you know what? Well, it's the pandemic so I can go ahead and fucking just no, no bullshit dude. You didn't have to do any of that, but you did because I'm weak and, and I give myself permission to fail. I always have. And I've talked about this on numerous shows. Um, I recognize that, you know, I, I, (laughs) to me, I know people just, they just want comedy. You know, you just want me to be funny. And I, and I understand that that makes complete sense. It's a comedy show, but it's also a show about my life. And sometimes my life hits a speed bump and sometimes my life hits a fucking wall. And I'm always the one driving. So then I get mad at myself, and then I'm down on myself, and then I try not to bring that to the show, and uh, and I'm not looking for sympathy, and I'm not looking for Attaboy's. I'm just telling you the truth. You know, I I don't I don't know if I like myself. I certainly don't like what I've become in the past year. And and seeing a light at the end of the tunnel and seeing an exit is as at is at both times exhilarating and terrifying because I'm excited to dive back into life. I'm excited to get started again on on living every day of the rest of my life as if, as if it were the last. But also, I'm fucking scared because now the stuff that I'm supposed to do, I have to do, and will I do it? Because as 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 Sal will tell you and other people will tell you, I have had an episode or two or three of these every single year uh, back to the the sad cast from I think it was year one when I talked about my weight, you know, and it's it's, you know, clearly these are issues that I, I wound up getting under control for a while, but they never completely went away. I've given in to my baser instincts all the time and allowed myself to go ahead and fail. I've given myself permission to, to ruin myself. And, uh, you know, that's, that's not good, man. I don't care for it. It's not something I like. And, and that's why I say, you know, I'm really excited now because I'm vaccinated. So now I can go ahead and, and look, I still got to wear a mask, but I can go do things and live my life and try to start living the life I wanted to lead or I'm supposed to lead. But at the same time now, I got to live my life. I got to live the life I'm supposed to lead and I want to lead. Will I do it? Am I capable? I mean, again, like I said, I'm, I'm sleeping all day. (laughs) I've, I've surrendered any semblance of a normal life. I go to the grocery store once a week and that's a fucking chore. I've said this before. Checking the mail is a big deal. I don't know why. It's, it's, I need to fix my life. And now I've been handed the tools or at least the opportunity. And so now there's no more bullshit, right? Now you just got to do, it. you can't say, well, the pandemic makes me stay inside or I can't do this or no, man, I'm, I'm going to be vaccinated. I can go, I can do things. I can look at getting back on stage. I can look at doing the things that I said I was going to fucking do. Remember the, remember the year of I will last year had a pretty good start. Until exactly a year ago today when they shut fucking everything down. And then, like I said, instead of fucking keeping up with it, I I just surrendered to it. I gave into it. I didn't steer into the skid. I took my hands off the steering wheel. Went through the guardrail and down the embankment. Did I say guardrail? And down the fucking embankment. And I've been lying in the wreckage for a year. And now I can clamber out of it and I can climb out and do what the fuck I need to do. But will I? Should I? Can I? And so, you know, that that that's contributed to uh, to why I haven't sat in front of a microphone or I'm late sitting in front of a microphone. Because in my brain, I'm like, what I want to share with you is, is that I'm scared. I'm, I'm exhilarated and fucking scared at the same time. But you don't fucking want to hear that. You want to hear me talk about fucking uh uh you know movies and shit. You want to talk about whatever. So that's the thing. I I wind up then I convince myself well nobody wants to hear that. And then and then I'm like, "Well, what am I going to do? I I'm going to go on the microphone and just talk about a movie review and then and talk about the Royals and talk about the Mumford and Sons banjo player and whatever the fuck. I don't know. But then that's not what the show has ever been. But do those shows send people running for the hills and go, fuck, I don't want to hear this bullshit again. I look and I know, and I know it's not everybody. I know there's some people who are very kind and and they indulge me. That's very nice. But what I need to do is work on being better at just having a show that's with content and not me talking about, oh no, I couldn't get out of bed today. Nobody wants to hear that bullshit. Um, and yet, and yet, so I'm halfway to normal. I have the vaccine coursing through my veins, waiting to get the second one on the twenty-third, and uh, and I, and I have to admit, you know, as terrifying as it is, as scary as it might be, God damn, I'm excited. I'm excited to go out and go places and do things and try to try to seize as much of the days as I possibly can. And that goes back and forth, you know. Then I tell myself I shouldn't, or I can't, or I won't, and then I want to, and it's just that pandemic gave me such a great excuse to not do life. I've told you before, there's this old man who lives inside me who talks me out of doing shit. And like he took over for the past fucking year, man, he's been in complete charge and now I gotta, I gotta exile this fucking guy, kick him the fuck out. It's funny. You find up feeling (laughs) weird things because of the pandemic. Like I, I, you'll tear up at certain times or things will be fucking strange and and, uh, Daft Punk broke up. (laughs) I know that sounds ridiculous, but the band Daft Punk broke up and they had their video announcing their breakup and uh, they called it epilogue and in the video, it's it's like, I don't know, like seven minutes long or something and it's two guys in their helmets and they're walking together in the desert and then one of them stops walking while the other continues and the one who continues walking finally stops and turns around and he sees the other guy isn't with him anymore so he goes back to meet him and like i don't i don't want to give it away but but uh they're face to face and you can see that even though it's wordless and but you know it's them breaking up so you know if something's going to happen something does happen but i was watching the video and i was tremendously sad just because of the imagery of two people walking together, walking together, and then one just stops walking and the other continues and then notices the other isn't with them any longer and turns around and, and it's as if the one who stopped is just surrendering and goes, I can't do this anymore. And it had echoes of divorce and it had echoes of breakups and it had echoes of any number of things that will punch you right in the goddamn heart. And, uh, the way it plays out, they're face to face, and something happens, but they didn't hug. And and I know it's the pandemic talking, and I know it's it's odd and strange. And you know, they're just a, a guys, two DJs. I liked their music, but but I wanted them to hug so desperately in the video. And I don't know if that's because of the pandemic; none of us are allowed to touch one another, or all of these different. I don't know. I don't know what it was inside of it, but it it, it left me so. I was broken when I saw it. I I just teared up and then started to cry because I wanted them to hug so bad. Just hug him. Just hug him. It's okay that you're saying goodbye and it's okay that you're breaking up, but just, and I know that their whole thing is that they're cold. You know what I mean? There's no warmth to Daft Punk. Uh, But I just, I wanted him to hug him so bad. Just hug each other. And they didn't. And I felt it in a way that I just did not expect. And that's what this year has brought upon us. Uh, certainly brought upon me. I can't speak for all of you, but I I just tear up at the strangest things. This is fucking ridiculous. I heard the Boston song, More Than a Feeling, and I teared up at the line, I see my Marianne walking away. And I don't know if this is just me realizing life is slipping away, or I'm getting older and losing losing time, losing people, and not being in contact with anyone. I, I don't know, but I see my Marianne walking away. And again, I don't even fucking love boston like boston was a band i wanted to fucking leave in my past but i've revisited it recently and i'm like all right and i'm sure that's part of my fish sticks and macaroni and cheese and the music of my childhood the pandemic has had me revert to the things i enjoyed and loved when i was young and so i want up it was in mind hunter and so i said well I'll listen to the album and i listened to the album and i heard the line i see my marianne walking away and i fucking teared up and teared, tears you know I, I just like what what And I'm like, I can't be this fucking fragile, but, but maybe, maybe we all are in some way. And I don't want to speak for you because I'm sure someone's going to be, I don't give a fuck. I killed a deer yesterday. Whatever the fuck. Yes. You're macho and you're much better than me. I get it. I understand. But I will say this, you know, the Daft Punk video led me to a listener to the show, Francesca. She posted a Daft Punk concert on Facebook. So I went to it. And if you go on YouTube, it's a, it's a full concert from like 2007 and it's in Grant Park in Chicago, which, which just adds to it, man. And, and, you know, I don't know if it's, I guess it's Lollapalooza or it just might be them, but it's just a full hour and a half of, of Daft Punk. And the best part of it is watching it. It's in August. So it's got that Chicago summer feel to it where I grew up. The skyline is in the background. It's all lit up. And then, then they turn it off. They turn the lights off for Daft Punk's light show. And then shots of the crowd and they're, and they're everybody's dancing and leaning on one another. And it's not like, you know, con- connecting with a band. It's not, it's two dudes in fucking chrome ice helmets with a, with a cold laser show playing beats and people dancing to it. And that, but that's the thing. It's still this unbelievably, communal joyous experience the camera angles give you the fucking skyline in the background and so then i've got the nostalgia of chicago and growing up there and missing the city and missing summer in the city and and then seeing and missing concerts and missing human connection and seeing people dance and people on people's shoulders and jumping and and joy just just rampant joy In those moments where you lose yourself for 90 minutes in something and then then you're like, oh man, we got to have the keys or let's get the L or let's go out and, and grab a beer on the way home. That's all been missing from our lives for a year. And to know that it's coming back, I'm excited and yet fucking scared as hell because it also means responsibility comes back. It also means you got to, you know, welcome to the working week and you got to go ahead and start doing that thing where you said you were going to build your life again. Remember that? Just watching a concert from August of 2007 and remembering, you know, well, what was I doing in 2007 and what was going on? And remember when I was in Chicago and then also summer in the city and, and oh my Christ, it was so fabulous. And I'm watching it, you know, on a, on a fucking 12 inch laptop in my fucking house. But knowing that eventually now I will be freed from these shackles and I'll be able to go back out and join the world and, and all the scary fucking feelings that that brings forward. Because yeah, man, it's time to rejoin the world and it's time to resume life. but That doesn't just mean hugging people and concerts and ball games. That means work means getting back out into the world and doing the things you said you were going to do the things you've been saying you were going to do it means paying off the hope of people who fucking trusted you to not be what you are and that means not doing two or three shows a fucking year where you tell people oh man yeah no i'm getting to it soon i'll fix it i mean I'll eventually i'll i'll go ahead and move forward and and uh and then never moving forward and Betraying the trust of people who've stayed with you for this fucking long, waiting for you to make the fucking leap. It means living again. Or it might mean living for the first time. But either way, I'm one fucking shot away and I can't fucking wait to get started. You guys can get me at Mike at Mike Schmidt You guys can be my friend at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can follow me at twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. I'm at Instagram and Snapchat and yes, even TikTok at Mike four zero Y O B. Check me out there. Uh, I want to thank Ryan Dirks for the web stuff that he does. I want to thank Casey bills for the uh, YouTube stuff that he does. Do I owe them emails? Of course I do. Why not? That's a running bit. Our great friend David Mex Hernandez does all of the work and the artwork. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, the music and the artwork. He's done that for this show for a long time. Uh, he is available at facebook.com/slash David Mex Hernandez. You can find him there. He's the best. He's got a closed group on Facebook called "This is Dumb, That's Dumb, You're Dumb, I'm Dumb." You can go ahead and join that if you'd like and uh, laugh at the world. You have to send him a, a request. Well, first, become his friend at facebook.com/slash David Mex Hernandez. And send him a request and uh and then he'll be your friend, I guess, and then you can become a person who joins the crew and then he gives you some questions and you answer those. It's a process. You know, it's a very important part of the process, like when the Colonel puts up the movie for all the films or the money for all the movies. Shut up. Uh but David's out there, you can go ahead and check him out. Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. He's available there. Got that closed group. This is dumb, you're dumb, that's dumb, I'm dumb, we're dumb, everybody's dumb. Who the fuck isn't dumb, right? Go ahead and join that group. Uh, when you, when you become his friend, you can go to his, uh, photos, check a lot of the artwork he's done for, uh, the West side 86 jokers page, the stuff he's done for my page, the stuff he's done for his pages. And also the man has a podcast. You definitely want to check that out. It is fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, a fantastic podcast called the Flemcat podcast. You should check it out now. It's available. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's got all sorts of amazing things. It's got a battle of the bands this week. You should check out. Uh, Gorilla head is involved. I know you've been waiting for gorilla head to get involved. Well, guess what? Everybody gorilla head is now finally fucking involved. Go check it out. Uh, that's available wherever you're going to find your finer podcasts. It's, uh, at the Apple podcast space or the iTunes store, whatever you have. I think it's on Spotify. I think it's on, uh, grinder. I think you can find his podcast on grinder. Go ahead and check it out there. Uh, fantastic work from David on the phlegm cat podcast. You want to find it right now. Go ahead and download it. Subscribe to all of the episodes. Listen to him, though immediately and tell him he's great. He deserves it. I would do that if I was you, but I'm too busy being me, man. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, hold on. <laughs> go check it out. Uh, the phlegm cat podcast available wherever you get the finest podcasts in the business. Now, you know what I'm going to do here? Uh, because this isn't a real episode and it's taken so long, I don't want to. I don't wanna bury bury you in plugs. I guess I do, but I also got to run an ad. So I'll tell you what. Let's do this. We're going to stop right now. Oh no! Wait. I can. I can do that. I can do that. I can still do the official David clothes. Uh, you can hire David to do artwork. Did you know that? Yeah. You can hire him to do paintings for you and your family and friends. Now, not only will he do Facebook caricatures, but the man can do oil paintings, watercolor, whatever the fuck you need him to do. He can do it as long as you got the green. He's got the brushes and he'll be able to go ahead and make it work. And like I said, if you go to his Facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez, you can check out all of his artwork there, and you'll see uh, what he's done. You get an idea of what he can do for you. But he also has a website. Did you know this? He does. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you his website, and then I'm going to take a break because then there will be ads, and then I'll come back, and I'm just going to fucking hightail it through the plugs because, again, you've been very kind to me up to this point. And I don't want to belabor the fact that I'm trying to make more money and who the fuck cares. All right. So, uh, you can go check out his artwork at his website, artbydmh.com. dmh.com. That's a R T B Y D M H.com. All right. Those ads are done and everybody's happy. Did you know I'm part of the misfit toys co-op? I am. It's me. The guys at never not funny. That's our boys. Uh, Jimmy, Matt, Elliot, Garen. That's the gang over there at Never Not Funny. Doug Benson at Doug Loves Movies. Todd Glass at the Todd Glass Show. Jen Kirkman at No Fun with Jen Kirkman. And of course, Joan Ray at Let Me Watch Your Movie with You. Uh, That's the members of the Misfit Toys Co-op. You should go ahead and check out all those shows. Download them, please. Write them notes. Tell them how much you love them. That would be fantastic and great. We're sponsored. What? Yes, we are. We're sponsored. We're sponsored by the Paranoid Strain podcast, which everybody loves. You can check it out now. It's available in the iTunes store. Now I'll tell you, he's got new content on the way. It's coming soon. But if you go to the iTunes store now, you can download uh, the, the the partial episodes about reality and things. like It's just, well, let me actually, let me do, take a, I need to see exactly what's available right now. I don't want to just start yammering. Let's see what's available. Oh, archive episode 17, part six is there. Uh, six and seven are neck and neck. Uh, right now we've got the archive being broadcast, but eventually... The new uh, episodes are up and I'm excited to hear those. So what you want to do, though, is go to the Paranoid Strain in the Apple podcast space, the iTunes store, subscribe. Uh, And then when the new ones start hitting, you'll get those. and You'll listen to those. You'll fucking love them because they're fantastic uh, stuff done by our boy, uh, uh, Fearful Jesuit. Have I mentioned his name yet? Fearful Jesuit. His name is Fearful Jesuit. His name is Robert Paulson, but I call him Fearful Jesuit. Uh, Check out the show, the Paranoid Strain, uh, and send him a note if you want. Here's his email. The paranoid strain at gmail.com, the paranoid strain at gmail.com. Send him that note. Tell him you love the show. Tell him you love him and uh, you love Danny Unicorn. All of those things are worth being loved. So why not go ahead and tell him that and leave a review in the iTunes store? If you will, it gets people all juiced up and ready to go ahead and download a conspiracy podcast. They want to do that. And they want your review to be the one that tips them over. Uh, It's like a barrel of monkeys. You want your monkey to be the one that spills monkeys all over the ground. So why not? Isn't that what that was? Right. I think that was the barrel of monkeys when you're filling a barrel with monkeys then it tips over. Or am I thinking of another game? I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of Ganip Ganap. I'm not. I just wanted to say Ganip Ganap. All right. Paranoid Strand is our sponsor. They're great. Check them out. Hey, I'm on Cameo. You can hire me on Cameo if you want. I'm not going to go into it. Our good friend Sabrina just hired me for a Cameo and I was happy to do it. Thank you, Sabrina, for thinking of me. Uh, that was very cool of you and you're the best. Thank you so much. Uh, I have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Mike40YLB. Patreon.com slash mike 40YOB. Yes, it's still there. Yes, I'm still asking for money. Yes, even though I was late this week. Yes, I know. You're all very kind to me. Anybody who gives money at the Patreon makes me very happy. And thank you so much for thinking of me. You're the best. Patreon.com slash Mike40YOB. I appreciate it very much. If you want to become a patron, go over there and do that. Uh, and then I have channels, youtube.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can go, like I said, listen to all of the older podcasts. Those are available there. Leave comments. I do read them. Uh, I should probably engage with them. I suppose I always mention that I'm going to and then I don't because then I'm like, well, why would I come into my own show? That seems weird. But then I should because these are addressed to me. Ah, Whatever. Who knows? You know, my brain doesn't work correctly. Uh, It is full of broken glass and shrapnel. So eventually I will fix that. And then look at what I'll be doing. A functioning entertainer who publicizes all of his things and goes ahead and gives himself a career. Wouldn't that be fun at 53? It would so youtube.com slash the 40 year old boy is there and twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy is available as well twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy Uh, i'm streaming all the time i didn't this week we took it we took it in the in the ass this week i gotta be honest uh i'll be streaming there later today but later because i gotta i have to take my brother to the airport you don't care this is one day i'm telling you this um the point is you twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy Everybody's been very kind. Come and check out the puzzles and and yeah. All right, look, I'll just tell you this: this is totally true. Another thing that knocked me for a fucking loop this week and made me uh, I, I I'm I don't know why I'm this fucking sensitive, but I am. Uh, we had like these fucking idiots who showed up at the Twitch channel and uh, and I I didn't. I said I'll be nice. I let them play. They're new because usually you get people there and they use racist language or whatever the fuck. And I I just said to them on the screen, I said, look, I'll let you guys play. Uh, but, uh, but just don't be jagoffs and don't be racist. That's it. That's the only rules here. They're like, no problem, dude. And then of course, immediately they were jagoffs. And then I had to fucking stop the game. And then one of them typed a really just a shitty mean thing in the stream. And I read it. And for some reason it spun me the fuck out. It's a faceless, nobody on the internet. But at the same time, it was just like, oh man, what the fuck? And then I was like, it was this thing where I went, why am I even doing this? trying to reach out and be and and share my personality and be fun and you know make some money clearly but also build an audience and have people show up and these guys were just fucking cunts like right off the jump and i let them be cunts that was the thing is i I lulled myself to sleep and went you know what i'll trust these guys and then they fucking burned me and then i'm like you're so stupid why would you trust these fucking people uh so so that also contributed to me fucking not uh talking this week I, i know it's weird it's so fucking dumb but you know, when you're in the headspace of, well, fuck, am I? is this even good anymore? Am I good? Do people care anymore? Uh, and then you wind up, you know, who the fuck knows? I don't know. I don't know anything. Ignore me. All right. So uh, so anyway, go to twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. You can support the channel by checking it out. I'll be streaming puzzles and sword games. And I was looking for new games to play and stuff. It should be great. So go ahead and become a member over there. That'd be fantastic. And, uh, and, and you know what, man, I, again, let's, just, let's just say this. I will work as hard as I can to not let this happen again. I understand the show was late. If you're new, the show is not usually late. Or right, it's been late recently. It's just it, the release schedule is all fucked. But th- I'm calling us. We rebooted once before. <laughs> so let's reboot again, shall we? Uh, I've got medicine in me. That makes me happy. I'm, I'm all excited for medicine uh and now that's it the reboot is here i'm gonna go watch gav punk and, and smile and be happy and try to embrace life don't you want to embrace life don't you want to go ahead and just step forward because again i'm terrified i'm gonna have to go out and do the things i said i was gonna do nobody wants to do that nobody wants to back up their words but at the same fucking time if i can mix in a healthy amount of fucking restaurants podcast. Podcast.